the, the theme today is love, and, and another theme would be family, and I just think what an awesome opportunity we have every time we gather together as the family of God, um, just to celebrate and worship together. What a cool thing. And so, so far um, through Advent, we've been preparing our hearts for Christmas, for the coming of our King, and we've talked about hope, and we've talked about peace, and we've talked about joy, and one of my favorite parts of this series has just been the call that it's, it's not just about experiencing the hope and the peace and the joy and the love of Christ, but it's about living it out. It's about being transformed into the people of God and living these things out. And so today, we're going to focus on love. Do all, would, would all of you say that you would connect Christmas and love together? You get to spend time with family. Uh, you get to spend time with friends. There's just a general, I mean, we talked last week about there's a general joy in the air. Um, I'm curious, and you don't have to all share it with me. That would take way too long. But what are your Christmas traditions? Maybe share, if you're sitting with your family, that might be kind of counterproductive. But if you're online and you want to share a Christmas tradition you have, I just want to share with you one of ours. And it has to do with love. See, every year we gather together, the presents have built up around the tree, and we've anticipated gathering together and being joyful, and, and we, we get together, and, and the kids are always so excited to dive into the gifts. But every year there's something we have to do first as a family. And that's that my dad grabs the Bible, and we read the Christmas story, and you'll never guess what happens next. Anyone want to take a stab at it? We all start crying. <laughs> because number one, we know God's rich love for us. But also there's this feeling of love as the family gathers around and as we open presents and as we have this joyful celebration, there's just this feeling of love. As you're buying gifts for people, I'm, I'm just going to guess. I know for me, I've, I've probably bought more gifts this year than usual. Megan usually buys most of the gifts. She enjoys shopping a lot more than I do. But hey, with Amazon, it's a lot easier. <laughs> I'm pretty good at pressing buttons. And, and so this year, I bought some gifts. And every time I buy a gift for one of my family members or for somebody, I'm immediately reminded of the love that I have for them. I'm not buying it just because I have to. I'm not buying it just out of obligation. We, we buy each other gifts because we love each other. We gather together because we love each other and we're family. So today we're going to look at a passage that's pretty familiar to Christmas time. Luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 38. And the passage we're looking at is the angel Gabriel coming to the Virgin Mary and proclaiming the news that she would be the mother of Jesus. And I want us to see that this story, the Christmas story, is God's love poured out on us. The Christmas story is a love story. And my prayer for us today is that each and every one of us would walk away from here knowing that we are loved by the Almighty God and that we are a part of God's family. So let's dive in. Luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 38 says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, 
you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. I want you to earmark this part right here. Greetings, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. What an incredible moment we have as the angel Gabriel shows up to a young virgin girl, Mary, and proclaims that she will be the mother of the Savior of the world, of the Messiah, of Jesus, the Son of God. It starts with this, this line, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. It's important that we understand the context of this. See, Elizabeth's pregnancy was something special. This was a miraculous, just as Mary and, and Jesus' birth would be a miraculous work of God, so was Elizabeth's pregnancy. See, she and her husband Zachariah were unable to have children, and they were far too old to conceive. But an angel came to them and said, you will have a child. That child would come to be named John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, the baby that, that Mary's relative Elizabeth was carrying, would be the forerunner or, or the, the, the forerunner for Jesus, that, that John the Baptist would come to prepare the way for Jesus, for the Messiah, for the Savior, for the King. In fact, in chapter 1, it says of John the Baptist that he's coming to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So when it says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, it's taught, these, these events are related and these are both miraculous works of God. See, the reality is that God has worked throughout the history of his people through miraculous births. With Abraham and Sarah, there was a miraculous birth that would fulfill the promise that God made to Abraham, that he would make his descendants great and numerous. We have it throughout Scripture, and, and Elizabeth here, time and time again, God uses this way as a way to fulfill His promises and His work in the world. And so Elizabeth's pregnancy, John the Baptist that would be born, was preparing the way for Mary's pregnancy and for the birth of Jesus. And so the angel comes to Mary, and the angel brings good news it starts with this pronouncement, and this is important. I want us to understand this today because it's important for us to understand these words and hear them and live them today. And so the angel comes in verse 28, and it says, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, 
you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. I've never had an angel visit me. I've never seen an angel other than my wife. Come on, guys. I try. I've never had an angel visit me. I can't imagine what's that like, what that is like. But the angel shows up to this young girl and says, Greetings, you are highly favored by God. What an incredible statement. Incredible statement. And, and it's important that we understand the meaning of this phrase. You are highly favored by God. Because a lot of times with Scripture, we can just take it and we can try to figure out what it means on our own. But the reality is the word that's used here for Mary being highly favored, is the word kerito. That word is only used one other time in the New Testament. It's in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. And that word means this, to grace, to endue with special honor, to make accepted, or to be highly favored. So what I want us to understand about this greeting of Mary, you are highly favored by God, is this is not a pronouncement that Mary is something super special in herself, that she is the greatest, and that God has recognized Mary's greatness. When, when the angel says you are highly favored by God, what the angel is saying is, Mary, God loves you, and God graciously has has lifted you up to a position. God has graciously made you right. And God has chosen you to be the mother of Jesus. This is a grace thing. This is a love thing. Mary, and I don't want to, I know that Mary is held in high esteem and Mary's obedience and faithfulness should be commended and we should hold Mary in high esteem. But the reality is, Mary was not highly favored because of anything she had done. Mary was highly favored because of God's grace and God's love. This is the beginning of the love story. An angel comes to a young girl and says, God loves you and God is gracing you and inviting you to be favored, to be a part of this story, to be the mother of the Savior. This isn't to belittle Mary. It's to make much of God's grace and God's love that's freely poured out on Mary. Which brings us to another important thing. So the first thing that we need to keep in our mind is this idea of being highly favored or being graced and loved by God. But the second thing we need to see is another important theme in this passage, and that's that the birth of Jesus, we talked earlier about miraculous births and Elizabeth and all of these other miraculous things that God has done, but Mary's situation is different. See, in all those other situations, we were talking about people that wanted to have children but couldn't have children, and the work of God allowed them to have children. But in Mary's situation, Mary was a young virgin girl. She wasn't even looking to have a child. But God graciously chose her, and the work of God, the work of the Spirit, allowed her to be a part of this story. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 35. 
The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So number one, Mary is highly favored because of God's grace and love which invites her to be a part of what God is doing to be the mother of the Messiah. But number two, what's happening here, the real love story is that the God of all creation has chosen to be with us, to be one of us. In Isaiah, it says he will be called Emmanuel. That Emmanuel means God with us. We can't miss the significance of this at Christmas. The Almighty God who created everything chose to become one of us, to take on flesh. And Jesus came to earth God with us. Jesus, who was fully God, became fully man. And, and just like you have a family, just like you have a family around you, a physical family that, that maybe you gather with, and, and I know that everybody's families are different, but just as you have people around you that you would call your family or have had people around you that you would call your family, God chose to send his son Jesus to become man. And in that moment, Jesus became a part of a family. This is pretty cool. Before this, we got the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And now we have Jesus come to earth and be a part of a family with Mary and Joseph. And so we see a new family created. Through the Son of God, a new family is formed. And the significance of this is huge. Because this family is not a family between two earthly people and children. This is a family of the Creator God and man coming together to form a new family. And so this new family is formed. And Mary is highly favored. She is graced and loved by God to get to be a part of God's family. Can you imagine I mean, we talk about the good news. Can you imagine for a young girl to get a visit from an angel who says, guess what? The almighty God is going to do a work, a miraculous work in your life, and you are going to be the mother of the Son of God? Oh, she's favored for sure. She will become the mother of Jesus. And it's not, her favor is not just that she's going to become famous and that we're going to preach sermons about her thousands of years later. She's favored because she's invited into this new family. She gets to be a part of God's family. I think about a lot what, it, what, what my kids are going to become. I think a lot about my family. And, and, and oftentimes, how many of you are related to someone amazing? Somebody like famous, maybe anyone related to anyone famous? So a while back, they started doing like the genetic testing and, and you could figure out what your family line was. And all these people were walking around saying, you know, I had a, you know, seven generations ago, I was related to a king. And so I'm royalty. And, and, and sometimes we have people in our family that we're really proud of or we're related to them. Listen to me. Mary was favored because she got to be a part of the new family of God and man, and she got to be the mother of Jesus. 
But I've got good news for you today, and this is the best news that I can give you, and this is the great news of God's love at Christmas. Just as Mary was highly favored and invited into the family of God, we are favored by God. We are invited into this new family. That's why Jesus came. The depth of God's love is shown in the birth of Christ because the almighty God who created everything and is over everything loved us so much that he sent his son to become one of us so that we could be a family together and we are favored and invited into this family. What incredible news today. Listen, I don't know what your family is like. I don't know what your past is like. I know some of you, but, but I think we all understand that we were born into imperfect families here on earth. We were born into families that, that would have struggle and would have difficulty. And some of us, listen, I was so fortunate and am so fortunate to be a part of the family that I'm in. But I've got great news for you today. You are favored by God and you are invited into the holy family of the the Son of God and the Son of Man that forms this new family. And and you may not be related to anyone super famous, but because of God's love for you, because of Jesus coming to earth, you are family. You are adopted by God into his family John 3.16 says, Sue read it earlier, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God, the Almighty God, so loved, don't miss that word, God loved the world that whoever believes in Jesus, his Son, can be a part of that family and have eternal life. Listen, you are invited today to be adopted into God's family. This Christmas, I don't know what Christmas is going to look like for you. I don't know if you have some pain and some hurt around Christmas time, but this Christmas you can celebrate Jesus, who not only came and formed a family and became one of us, but Jesus who makes the way for you to be right with God, to be adopted by God. You are loved today. I don't know if you've heard that this week, but let me tell you that you are loved. Galatians 4 says, but when the time, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to his, to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts and the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are God's child, God has made you also an heir. You are a part of this family. Mary was highly favored. The angel comes and says, you are graced by God to get to be a part of the family. And today, this new family is is here and formed, and we are invited into the family. We are adopted. And so we sit here together. Look around you. Look around. We sit here together with our family, the family of God. One of my favorite lines in any movie, and some of you will have seen this, and you'll probably chuckle a little bit when I say it, and some of you won't, and and you're missing out, but the the movie Tommy Boy, it was Chris Farley. 
And in this movie, Chris Farley plays this crazy guy, but his father ends up marrying another lady, and the lady has a son, and the son shows up, to, or they think his son, shows up to the door, and he knocks on the door, and Tommy Boy runs over to the door, and he opens the door, and he sees him, and he says, brother? And the guy puts his hand out to shake it, and Tommy Boy says, brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. We are a part of a family. We're not just strangers that happened into the same building today. We're not just fellow Christians that happened into the same building that are meant to have a transactional relationship. We are invited into the very family of God, and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. What a great privilege you have today to worship the Almighty God with your family. And so the first thing is we see the favor of God poured out on Mary. The second thing is we see the formation of this new family that we are invited into. But, but the third thing we see is, is what Sue talked about earlier, and that is Mary's response. Because it's one thing for an angel to show up and say, you are highly favored and this is your place. It's one thing to be invited into this new family but the reality is, if we're going to be a part of God's family, we have to live as the family. If we are going to accept the love of God, the grace of God at work in us, we have to become a people of love and grace. And so we see Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be. Whatever it is that God wants from me, because I'm highly favored, because God has chosen me, because God has graced me and loved me and invited me into his family, I will do whatever God calls me to do, asks me to do. So that brings up an important question today. And that is, how do we respond? What does it look like for us to be faithful and obedient to God's grace and God's love that's freely poured out on us, that we didn't deserve that God pours out on us and invites us into the family. And this is it. As children of God, we are to usher in God's kingdom by loving others. We take the grace and the love that God has poured out on us as we celebrate at Christmas time. We celebrate God coming to earth, sending his son Jesus to earth, becoming man because he loves us. And we respond by loving others. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 13. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let's look at John 15. It's not going to be on the screen. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Ephesians chapter 5. I follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. 1 John 4, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Are you getting the picture? 
The angel shows up and says, Mary, you're highly favored. And today I've got good news. You are highly favored by God and you are invited into this new family. But just as God pours his love out on us, we are to live in love and pour that love out to others. And so how do we respond? We love. We love each other. And we love the world around us. John 3.16, for God so loved the people of Westchester Nazarene Church. No, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. So we don't just sit around and love each other, but we understand that just as we are highly favored and graced and loved and brought into God's family, we get to invite others. We get to show others the love of God and bring them into the family because God loves the world. Listen, this week, I had a really great experience. On, on Monday was Monday, well, on Monday was Monday night football. That happens quite often during football season. But Monday night football was in Cleveland this week. And Charlie, my buddy over here, loves football. And so I thought as a father, what better could we do than to buy tickets to the Cleveland-Baltimore Monday night football game? And I went to school and I pulled Charlie out an hour early and we drove up to Cleveland and we got to this game and we were layered up. We had like seven layers on and we sat in the freezing cold and we watched the best football game of the year. In that football game, there were two touchdowns, a field goal, and a safety just in the last two minutes. It was incredible. It was an awesome experience. I got to spend time with my son, who I love. I got to experience a great thing. You know what the best part of my night was? As I was driving up there, I got a call from Scott Mishler, my brother in Christ, and he didn't have any big question or anything. He just wanted to tell me that he loves me. And for about 20 minutes, we talked. And the word that was said more than any other word in that conversation was love. Because just as you're a part of a family that you love, we are a part of God's family. And we are graced to be able to be a part of what God's doing on earth. And last week, we got to see the joy of the Lord poured out through you because you loved Scott. And this week on Monday night, I got to have a 20-minute conversation where I could just feel God's love between somebody who is not a part of my earthly family, but a brother in God's family. This week I had conversations, I had made phone calls, I talked to Darlene Walters for quite a while, and the love that I felt there was amazing because God has graced us, God has poured his love on us through Jesus, and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Last night a group of us gathered here for an outreach event. And one of the things that just blew me away, I mean, I've been working on this all week and I, know, I knew what I was going to preach about, but one of the things that I loved about the event last night, it was an awesome event. We had families that were, were adopted that we provided Christmas for. But as we gathered, I gathered together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And as we walked by each other, and as we 
serve together, there's no way that you couldn't feel the love of God at work in us. And it's one thing, I mean, we gave uh, hot chocolate and we gave cookies and we gave food and we gave, uh, we, we gave candy canes and we gave all these things and we gave presents to families. But you know what I hope they saw more than anything else? is that in Christmas we celebrate that there is a God that loves us so much that he sent his son into the world to become one of us and he created a new family and he invites us in and we are brothers and sisters in Christ and we, we have the love of Christ to share with the world around us. Scott wanted me to tell you today that he loves you. He's thankful for you. He told me on Monday, he said, I can't do it because I would cry. And I said, well, that's a, thanks for choosing me. <laughs> Look around you. Through the grace and the love of God, we are highly favored and we are invited to be God's family together. But we are invited to take that love out. And so this week, Christmas is coming. I want you to love your family I want you to love each other, but I want you to live out God's grace and God's love in everything you do. Jesus, I thank you so much for your love. Don't let us miss this Christmas season, the greatest love story ever, that you, the almighty God, the creator of everything, loved us so much that you would come and be one of us and you would form this new family. Help us not to miss that we are invited into your family. Help us to believe in you and submit to you and love you, Lord, so that we can be your children. Lord, I pray that we would experience your love, not just with our earthly families this week, but I pray that every person in here right now would know that you love us that we are highly favored in you. And I pray, Lord, that we would take that love that we have from you and we would give it to others. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.